Morning, on my way to day two, Pennsylvania Easton, good group of folks here. Uh, and I get this question all the time. I said, you know, let me just do a video on it and address it because a lot of the questions that happen on the breaks, we try to record that and then show it to everybody because it's a lot, it, it provides a lot of value. So this is one that's been an ongoing theme for about two weeks for me. People have been asking me this one. Uh, and it's, I work at an agency that like, nobody's ever really been proactive there, productive, and they're not like against it, but they've never seen it. So when you come to a two-day course uh, like mine or one of the other proactive uh, courses that we teach, you know you're gonna you're gonna be very eager to go out and do police work. You're gonna get exposed to what real police work looks like. You'll be very eager. You're gonna understand that you have the essential tools you need to go out and employ these tactics and have great results. But then you're gonna hit that brick wall when you go back and you start doing things that've never been seen before here, right? Unorthodox police work. But the reality is, is it's not unorthodox police work. It's very orthodox when you're looking to have results. But what they teach you, you know, like right now, the common behavior is, you know what it is, like answer call, tickets, right? Like run random plates. So I'm going to give you a good place to start. It's uh, easily digestible for agencies to handle. I think it's a good way to begin to introduce proactive police work and the impact and effect it'll have. Uh, look, if you work at a place, they literally want you doing nothing. I get it. And we suffer in this struggle between people who get stuck in agencies who don't want them doing any work at all. And then these guys are miserable. These girls are miserable. They want out. Um, and, and I can understand that. I can empathize with that. So have self-awareness of where you work. But if you have that opportunity to begin to introduce it, like my lieutenant's open to it, but he really doesn't know. My captain, like he doesn't mind if you work, but you know. I don't know yet. Here's an easy one. I've said several, several times. First off, let me just say this. Read case law. I, I can't be bullish on that enough. You have to read case law. Because when you know things and you take action that seems unorthodox, you'll be able to back it up with legal documentation that says, this is why I did what I did. Because it says right here, that's what we're supposed to do. So when somebody says to you, we watched your video, we saw what you did, why the hell did you do that? You go, well, because this actually happened nine years ago, that's what this cop did. And the court said it's exactly what was proper he should do. He didn't have to let that person go because of this, because he could. He was he had him in a situation where he could compel identification, whatever it may be. I could detain him there. I could compel ID. I could do that because the case law said that I could do that. So when you have that on your side, that knowledge, as a matter of fact, even if you begin to read case law, you will separate yourself from everybody else in your agency. You know this is true because you have a person that works at your agency that knows case law better than anybody else. And that person is like worth his weight 10X in gold. So why would you not want to have that value reputation of your police department where they say, ah, you have something weird, run it past Joe, run it past uh, Jennifer, you know, hey, run it past Amy, see what she thinks. Run it past uh, John, John's real good with case law, run it past Mark. He knows, he'll give you an answer on that. You know, we don't know, let's call Mark and ask him, see what he's got. That'll happen, right? Even if they, at first they don't, they're apprehensive to, give you that leeway, but look, a good way to start is passengers in motor vehicles and their violations. This is a vehicle used to compel identification. Now, I've emphasized in the past that people who are wanted, really wanted, not just child support, a couple traffic tickets, maybe a shoplifting warrant. I'm talking about wanted, NCIC, full extradition, 
wanted for homicides, wanted for this, wanted for that. They're going to be your passengers in cars. It's a very easy lift here. Why? Because when somebody's not wearing a seatbelt and they have to, or they're smoking a cigarette gnashing out the window because they're nervous when they saw you, that's going to give you a vehicle to compel identification. Now, when you're allowed to compel identification and they begin to lie to you about who they are, and you figure that out, you build your reasonable suspicion, maybe even probable cause, to the point where you know, okay, they're lying about who they are. Now we roll into what our statutes say, in New Jersey, good to go. Every state, good to go. I've never met a state yet that, was a, that, that wasn't able to affect an arrest for a motor vehicle violation when the person who was providing information, who was subject to the summons, started providing false information or began hindering their apprehension or whatever it may be. So I know what you think. Well, we usually just let those people go when we get a fake name. Well, you have to figure out in your state where it says you don't have to. For example, New Jersey is dictated by State versus Pierce and State versus Lark, 2000. In there, they talk about the court rules in 5 and 6 in our New Jersey court rules in that section. I think it's 7 colon 2 dash 2. I could be wrong. Just off the top of my head. I haven't read it in a while. But it does say this. You can make an arrest in lieu of a summons when you believe the defendant will not appear in response to a summons or the identity and address is not known. In Maryland, another place where people thought you couldn't do anything, it actually says it in your motor vehicle law handbook. It actually says, if you think they're lying, lock their ass up, bring them in, and fingerprint them. That gives us the ability to take somebody who's subject to a summons when we believe they're lying about who they are. Now, why am I advocating this? Because when you take action in this manner, and nobody's ever seen it before, inevitably, 99.9% of the time, if you're following the principles of knowing this person's lying, you can't find them on your MDT, whatever it may be, you're going to come in, you're going to roll the prints, and they're going to hit big. And you're going to get accolades. It may be something simple. It may be something that some high-level interdiction officers snicker at. But the reality is, is if you're trying to introduce this, you're going to start making very, very easy arrests at your police department because it's it's going to be a win-win. If somebody's a passenger in a car, you compel ID, and they start lying about who they are, they're going to have warrants for their arrest. Nobody may have ever done this at your police department before, but you do because you read the law. You know what it says. You know what you can do. And sometimes, if I don't have the answer for you here, like, call a couple different agencies. You went to the fucking academy with some of your boys, right? Call them. Yo, what are you guys doing in these situations? Now we lock them up. Yo, on what? How do you guys do it? Like, here's what it says. Oh, shit, we didn't know that over here, right? That used to happen. We work at other agencies. And I'm like, why are you letting these people go? They're like, oh, well, there's something we can do. I'm like, yeah, no, you can lock them up. Motor vehicle violation circumstances, you're, you're rocking and rolling. You can lock them up. So... If you don't have the answers in your agency, go beyond your agency and ask what other people are doing. You know, there, there's everybody's got somebody close to them that's doing some good police work. You just got to sift through all the fucking dirt and figure out who that is. Now, on top of them having warrants for their arrest, and people go, wow, look at Joe's fucking arrests are up. Look, uh, uh, Courtney's arrests are up through, through the roof. She's doing a really great job. You're doing a real good job out there with these uh, passengers and having warrants. You're really digging stuff up. Not only are you going to dig up good warrants, maybe the first 11, 12, 17 times, it's going to be stuff that's local or state wants. But when you hit that big one, right, when you get that one of that person who's wanted from Michigan for sexual assault on children, the person who's wanted from Florida for an attempted murder on a police officer, you're going to get extreme accolades. What happens is the scale starts tipping your favor. They start recognizing that you have some skills. What happens on the back end of this is that you'll start getting skills. You start practicing and polishing your skills. Right? You'll... You'll get comfortable with understanding what criminality looks like, what the behaviors look like when somebody's nervous inside of a car. And you'll also find things search incident to arrest. So you get better with uh, with understanding what narcotics are and 
finding the, you're going to get so many easy layups on this one. It's there's nothing controversial about it. It's a piece of cake, and a lot of people don't know where to start. They haven't been our training. They don't. This is easy. Passenger. Don't worry about pumping license plates. Don't worry about writing speeding tickets. Right? Oh, wait, we're not getting good arrest. Right? You're running radar. Here's a newsflash: everybody doing 21 over the speed limit is not engaged in criminal activity. So we have to figure out where are the people we're looking for. How can we start this, and how do we reverse engineer it? So we find these motor vehicle violations, we reverse engineer, and then we find it. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and harass the world. Don't get confused. Find the violations and know what you can compel ID for in your state. So, you know, use that. It will work out in your favor. You will find many things, search incident to arrest. Because for any arrest, you can search people incident, even for a traffic violation. When you search them, you find narcotics and contraband and weapons and whatever it may be, credit card fraud in their pockets, then you'll be able to go into the car, return back to the car, and now search the car. It's going to be an easy one, and it's going to be hard for your administration to denounce this type of work because it's very, very easily. There's nothing controversial about it. Hey, this guy's in a car. He's subject to a ticket. He lied. We locked him up because he lied because we didn't think he was going to Then we searched him and said, the rest, we found this. And they're like, oh, it's walking great. Right? They'll like that, especially an agency who's never seen police work before. This is real, and I know a lot of you have become a burden uh, or burdensome of these agencies. uh, They've been a burden to you, I'm sorry, because you want to work. Nobody's teaching you how, and they don't want to hear it. So if you actually have the opportunity to do some work, this is your best bet on how to start getting your uh, impact on society up. You want to rest numbers, that's fine, but the reality is, is this is not picking on society. This is our ability to go out and uh, find these people who are hiding out amongst us, who are passengers in cars, who are riding bikes instead of getting in cars, who are pedestrians on foot that will not get into a car because they're afraid they may get compelled for identification and then knowing your uh, pedestrian traffic violations. But start with passengers in cars not wearing their seatbelts or smoking and ashing out the window. Because when they see a cop and they get nervous, they smoke. They'll ash out the window. Don't forget the three reasons why somebody's smoking on a traffic stop. If you're stopping cars and people are smoking, you've got to figure out why they're ready to go to jail. If they're either nervous, trying to cover up an odor, or they're smoking the last cigarette before they go to jail. Those are the three things. So you stop cars and people are smoking, you got to figure out why are they smoking, are they ready to go to jail, and for what? Why are they smoking? What are they trying to cover up? Could be something as simple as, uh, you know, maybe have a suspended license. Don't stop there, continue to investigate. But then it could be something as serious as they just committed murder 30 minutes ago. They have a pound of cocaine in the trunk of the car. Even people who go out and blindly stop cars by running random plates and by running radar, and that's really a blind, like, step in dog shit, you land on something, tactic to police work. You're going to run across this at some junction. So you've got to know how to investigate. You can absolve yourself as a police officer knowing what to do. Oh, I don't do drugs. I'm into tickets. Okay, great. But inevitably, you're going to stop a car and run into it. And then when you don't know what to do or how to handle the situation, right? When you don't know what to do or handle the situation, then what? You don't know how to document a report. And you found something great. And you're like, oh, shit, I found this. This is amazing. Yeah, but you're going to lose it in court because you've never thought that you needed to know these things. So just like anything else, everybody's got to consider what you do for a living. And you have to have some training in everything, right? For the guys and girls in here who love interdiction and, and case law work and all that stuff like myself, we got to keep in mind that you know what, maybe once a year or, t- or once every two years, it may not be a bad idea for us to show up to a, a handgun course because it may 
turn into that one day. You're going to want to have some extra skills there. And vice versa. If you're going to fucking tax schools and shooting guns and doing this and SWAT entries, don't forget, you're still working on a patrol detail. You're going to need to know how to be a cop. You're going to go work off duty. You still got to know how to be a cop and how to do things legally, how to do things soundly and correctly and, and know the skills that keeps you alive and make sure that you're sound and not subject of litigation and civil lawsuits. So uh, hopefully you found value in this. I can't read the comments as I'm driving. Uh, but if you need anything, reach out. Glad to have all of you here. Uh, greatly appreciated. Street Cop Conference 2020. We just uh, booked, and we're going to be announcing it yesterday. I think the contract gets signed today. Uh, Dakota Meyer, Tuesday, 10 a.m. He'll be the, the lead speaker on Tuesday, 10 a.m. He'll be our keynote for that day. Uh, we were talking to about seven other pretty big fucking names for this conference. Um, and more details to come. It's going to be badass.